Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, and welcome to Quantum Witch Cafe. Today we have Miss Christy Newton, known for the G Brief and her own podcast, I'll pop repeat, and a bunch of other things. So if you've already, if you watched her interview on Disclosure Team's video, you already know a lot about her. But Chrissy, uh, do you want to say hello and give us a little information about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Sorry if this is streams a little choppy too. I am having good old technical difficulties with, uh, with my, as you can see, my lens keeps coming in and out. Uh, yeah, I have a, a podcast with a friend of mine called Alt Pop Repeat. And I also uh, have a show on the debrief called Rebelliously Curious and obviously work with the debrief and do their media relations and a director of media for the company. That's pretty awesome. So I know you from the debrief. And then I realized once I got on Twitter that you had the alt pop repeat. And then I found you on Instagram. And I was like, Oh, I need to like listen to this because it, it looks cool. And they look like two really amazing women. I know you are and I haven't listened to it yet. But I'm, I'm it's on my list for sure. So you kind of touched on a lot of your like your why for getting into this subject. But I think that it's great, you know, that it's been part of your life for a very long time and that you cover like a wide variety of subjects. Um, so what made you wanna like, kind of do both of those subjects, you know, technology, UAP, because you touch on a lot of everything in your show. Yeah, why, why did I wanna do it? God, I've, well, first of all, I've loved technology since I was like a little kid. I've always tried to be an early adopter to certain things, apparently not today with my life, <laughs> with my equipment. Uh, but that's something that I've always loved. I've always loved futurism. That's mainly worth technology and with a combination of futurism. And then UFOs, as um, some people know, if they've ever heard part of my story is my dad got me into it. My dad was an experiencer and he had a UFO sighting with a group of friends. And since that day, you know, he was always obsessed with it and, 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 and wanting to know more about the topic and figure out what actually happened to him and them and, and what, you know, what that night consisted of and are UFOs real and now fast forward you know up to this date we know that they are real so the the crazy thing is now I'm teaching him more about UAPs and before he was teaching me about it so it's it's just full circle now which is really really lovely and it's something that my dad and I have a connection with which I'll I'll always cherish that's amazing yeah I love that yeah. I was listening to your story on you know Vinny's show and I was just it's like, wow, like you've been so many people have been experiencing and into this phenomenon for a very long time. But yeah. just, you know, within the last maybe like five years, people are coming out more and more and more. So I think it's really amazing that people are putting themselves out there. So you work in communications before you worked with the debrief. That's correct. Yeah, okay. I actually I've owned a PR company for 12 years in Canada. We work across North America, but in Canada called Vocab Communications. And how it kind of started with the debrief is I shouldn't even say this. It was two years ago. I started my podcast with my friend and we covered the UFO topic. And Marie's like, you know, a lot about UFOs. And I said to her, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I've gone to conferences. I've gone to crop circle trips with research. And I said, I've, I've always done it on my own accord and um, try to get as close to the phenomenon as possible, but just more as a personal, never really out front and vocal about it until uh, around like, yeah, like the two seven, 2017, you know, a friend of mine I was in Mexico that's a little more forward in the UFO community was like crazy like like everything's going mainstream and you know he's always been kind of like the PR person in um in the UFO world and that's that's Victor Vigiani he's a, a good friend of mine he lives in Toronto we would go for dinner at least we do go for actually just text I was texting him today before I went on when yeah. we're gonna go for dinner um because he was just on Vinny's show and yeah, exactly. uh, two hours right. or something. <laughs> yeah and uh so Victor and I've been friends for years and he introduced me to Paul Hilliard here the former minister of defense and has connected me into the Canadian side of the community uh just as someone of interest for myself and then he was really one of the people that kind of helped me push it push me forward into this community as well I would say Marie did um because she's like you know a lot more about UFOs than I ever imagined you would she <laughs> um and then along with Victor just being a really great mentor good friend and somebody that said like hey this is a good time for you to start working in your craft of communications in this field because I I can actually do it and I really do and I really do love it so it just sometime time it's all about timing 
Yeah, definitely. I hear your, a story like yours and I think, well, she was really supposed to be in this because it feels like, you know, you've had the connection at a long time, but you didn't intend to be such a big voice in the community and here you are. I feel like that is definitely a calling and I'm glad that you listened to it because you offer so much. Did you have any fears when you kind of switched and started becoming more public with your knowledge about um, UAP? Yeah, I still do a little bit. I still wonder if because I run a media, like I work in public relations and I work with media across North America, you know, it, not as much before because, or sorry, before there was more ridicule. So even for me getting into the field, I couldn't because I might have been blacklisted from media. Uh, I still am a little bit weary in the Canadian side, not so much on the American side, because we have a lot of people, um, and I, I play more in that field within UAPs on the American side. Uh, Canadians are really conservative, and same with Canadian media. So I still, and I do a lot of press here with other clients. Um, so yeah, I wonder sometimes if my clients are like Chrissy, like you have such a, a you're gaining a larger voice in the UAP community, um, but you also do all of our branding as well. So that hasn't been an issue yet. Um, or like I should say media relations, it hasn't been yeah. an issue yet, um, which is really great. But I, I do think about it sometimes um, where people might maybe not work with me because uh, outside of the UFO world, because they don't think that UFOs are something of relevance or importance, or they just think it's mumbo jumbo. But mm. at that point now, I've kind of made a decision where, you know, this is important to me and I enjoy doing it and I love it. Um, I love the community and it's something that I'll consistently keep doing because I think there's, it, there's value in it. And I, obviously, I think we all want an answer or we want some mm. form of lobbying and things to change. So I will, I will gracefully bow out from certain situations if a client doesn't want it just because they don't want to be connected with something to this degree. Yeah. Well, that's uh, yeah, you really um, people really are putting themselves out there and risking their personal and professional life to get disclosure to happen and to educate people. And even, you know, some of the other topics that you covered, some people might think are controversial, but mm -hmm. obviously our community embraces that we like the out of the box um, things that you cover. So that's cool. And your dad must be so proud when he sees you doing what you do. Yeah. My dad, I think sometimes he just shakes his head. He's like, <laughs> what? Like, You're doing you know, what? and I, I appreciate that. Thank you. And it's, you know, for him, and it's also just, sometimes I don't even tell him stuff. Like when I, what I'm doing, I tell him, we talk about more new stuff, but I don't always tell him my own, my own things because it's just so much and he's getting older and, oh, you know, yeah. and, uh, at the, it's for us, it's more about a hobby that we do together. And it's also something when it comes to new information, we just like to discuss it. And also he, his perspective has taught me a lot about my own perspective. And then also he looks at things differently. Like before I did my interview, um, uh, about like anything about stealth planes, you know, with TD Barnes, I called my dad because my dad, like my dad and I've had this conversation about stealth technology for a long time. And he's the one who even told me about the A-12 and the SR-71. Like I wouldn't have never even known it if it wasn't for him when I was younger talking about planes and like loving planes. And so one of the first things I wanted to do as an interview was talk to someone about that because it was a connection to me, but it was also something where I could learn more. And it was also so that my dad could also learn a little yeah. bit more uh, and talk to somebody who actually worked on the technology. So it's, yeah, it was nice because I had a great conversation with my dad, but it went first full circle. It was literally, I called my dad 10, 15 minutes before I did the interview and said, I'm doing this. And he's like, what? And I said, oh. yeah, I, go, <laughs> so, I was like, you can watch it later. Um, but it was something that, yeah, it's just, it's nice to be able to have it. There's things that come full circle all the time. So, yeah, absolutely. It's kind of funny. Like with like friends, like nobody knows that I do this. Like I told my husband, like he finally looked at my Instagram. He's like, what's going on? Like you have all these yeah. followers out of nowhere. I was like, I don't know. I just thought that like I was passing information on holding my part of the world in my, you know, I'm a certain demographic. I, I'm a stay at home wife. I'm an army wife. I'm a witch. I love, you know, I love to learn. So I'm kind of just holding my own little space here and trying to get the information out. But it's hilarious when people that are super close to you, you're like, you're doing what? Like, it's yeah. like they're like, or they try to tell you some news and you have to be polite. Yeah, I heard about that. Like, you know, like, so it's, it's interesting how the people in our life that are not in the community 
don't really think about this because we kind of eat, sleep and breathe the technologies, the consciousness stuff and anything fringe, really. It feels like this community is into. And we're just always looking for the next thing with UAP news, especially with what the government's doing now. So you mentioned your interview with T.D. Barnes. And I love his I love his approach. It's so like it's almost like it's just so straightforward because we have another, you know, we have all these other gentlemen um, that claim to have worked at Area 51, like Boyd Bushman and um, Bob Lazar. So and everybody's story is, you know, a little different. And obviously, Mr. Barnes story is very we can we can kind of relate to that a little bit more because these planes are in existence and we can see it, whereas we can't see the work from the other two gentlemen that were working at Area 51. So how like I know this is opinion, but how do you differentiate who whose story to integrate into your own knowledge bank and who to kind of like keep in consideration, but off to the side? It's a great question. Uh, I look at everything by motive. What is their motive? Um, what's their back history? You know, Bob Lazar is very controversial and his back story is very controversial as well. And I also do think not, not everyone's history plays a part in their, you know, what their future is going to be or anything else, but it also does say a lot about their character and what type of person they are. So for me, I look at Bob Lazar as, um, it's not that I don't think he's credible. I still have a lot of questions about his story and I feel that there's a lot of uh, gaps and there's, there are a lot of things that have come forward saying that maybe he wasn't in his position that he should have been in. Like maybe he was, um, you know, maybe he was in a lower position. Maybe he didn't work on the base. They say he was like, there, there's so many things. TD is one of those people that I looked at where he helped reconfirm that he didn't know anything of, um, of him at that point. But again, we have to remember that he didn't work at the same time as Bob Lazar, but from what he knows and his knowledge along with, um, and this is controversial because not everyone's going to agree with me on this, but even his group of people that he's worked with on the base, they still talk to each other, still agree that Bob Lazar never worked there. So that says a lot. Like it, it does is. when you have a group of people working at area 51 and they still say that this is, you know, no, we don't even know who this guy is. You know, it doesn't mean that Bob wasn't working on something really, really, you know, confidential. Uh, and again, they didn't, they were very siloed into sections of the base. Right. So they didn't always get to, to associate with each other. They associated my, around certain people. Um, mm-hmm. so it's hard. Uh, I look at Bob Lazar and, and, and I look at TD Barnes. I, I'm going to lean a little to TD. doesn't mean that Bob Lazar is right, but I, um, I have, you know, TD did work on the base and, uh, and there's more proof that he worked there. So I've, I've leaned towards his story, but I know that's, that's a really controversial a lot. And I've gone back and forth. My opinion might change again. Um, it's hard because you see interviews with Bob and you're like, you know, he's so, he's kind of like likable. Like when he talks, like you want to believe him, he has that underdog feeling and we have Mr. Barnes and he's just like, like all these points, everything's verifiable about him but you want to believe both of them and their conflicting information, you know, <laughs> they are, they're hard, it, you know, and there's other stories of people like, again, like that worked on the base and, and whatnot, and they've shown photos and, um, or like of aliens and some of those photos have oddly checked out to not be credible. So I, you know, I've, I've harder stories with that. Um, but I do, I will always can see it consistently follow. And, and I really hope we figure out if Bob Lazar's story was true or not. Um, yes. but I don't know if we ever will, but yeah. it's, uh, something that maybe he'll keep to the grave. Yeah. Very <laughs> uh, touchy or he'll spill it out at the grave even more like Mr. Bushman did. But, um, right. so like at, your, your interview kind of created a ripple, um, in Twitter, obviously, because Twitter's always rippling, but that's good. I think it's good when people do that because it fires up people's like passions, whether they know how to handle that passion or not in an adult way is another story. But yeah. I think that a lot of people kind of like, like, you know, these there's people that we've dedicated so much time to UAP and for 
him to say that we don't have like that there's never been um you know aliens here which i know people are that's another touchy word alien right so it is, yeah. you know it's, it's a tough thing um because it also kind of makes people feel like he's discrediting everybody that's worked um and you know like like chris mellon and all the main, main whistleblower guys so i know that was like everybody's issue um so I, I mean, I, you've, already, you've already answered this question because we just kind of answered it. I was going to ask kind of how you felt about that, but I think that we yeah. answered that. Um, so have you have you looked into any of the Tic Tac shaped, um, you know, accounts in Colombia? I haven't seen any recent ones. I know that they're out there. I just haven't seen all the the incidents that are there. But I know that there. Yeah, you were saying in, in your previous questions, like that you sent me before, that there's so much more conversation around the Tic Tac now, in the shape and more civilian sightings. So I'm I'm not surprised. I'm not. You know, there's we have something called a culture loop. Culture loops are really interesting when you have. Any, this happened. This has happened for years too, by the way, not even just the Tic Tac. Yeah. So in UFO sightings, we have a sighting and then in pop culture, we will then, you know, mass media and everyone else will talk about it. You know, they'll hype it up. They put it into, it gets, um, you know, it's obviously it's spread around before it was through Life Magazine. Now it's obviously through the internet and social media. So people then, and then what happens, they've seen this through mass media and then they see something again and it reconfirms what they've seen scene. So we call it yeah. a culture loop. And that's interesting. we have tons of that. <laughs> yeah, and I, we have tons of them. And I'm not surprised that with the Tic Tac now since 2017, and everything else that people are seeing more of these images, because mass media has now put more of a attention on it. And people now are co cognitive of those shapes and what they look like. So they might be seeing something what they think is a Tic Tac shape, and they're calling it out because but before they might have seen that in the sky, but never knew anything of it. But yeah. now they because of mass media. So there's, you know, and again, like a lot, I'm a huge UFO fan and I, you know, and I do follow it, but not every single one is a UFO. Right, right? Right. And that's the hardest, you know, maybe 1% or, or lower at that times are, but it doesn't really matter. It, it just really takes one for it to be yes. real anyway in context. So yeah, um, we've seen that with the Nimitz and the gimbal and go fast and ex so. exactly. And more culture loops are going to keep happening and where the shapes are going to evolve before we had, you know, flying saucers and now orbs and Tic Tacs and yeah. pyramids, like, you know, one's probably going to be a hexagon one day. Yeah, like, there's knows, shape, right? there's one, yeah, there's one that's the cube, like inside a circle like, and a sphere. I have yeah, some the blimp. Like a ball, <laughs> the and my favorite. like a peanut, like they morph. It's, it's, and that, you know, plays into like the whole question that are people seeing are we seeing it how they want us to see it if it's a you know a consciousness telepathic thing um or not but um the actual you know i like to talk about the tic tac and the nimitz because i feel like it has so much information to it and so many credible witnesses so do you think that that is do you think it's an ai maybe or do you think it's being like flown with an entity in it or do you think it's like a little bit of both that's such a hard question because like none of us know, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Nobody knows. Uh, you know, it's, it's, and I, I know a lot of people don't even like answering this question. It's and because they're just not sure. Yeah. And I, I, I don't like answering it as well too, because I'm, I obviously don't know, but yeah. what I would imagine is that I think that it's something like if it's AI, unbelievable technology, yes. um, and then if it's something, it has to be something. And I know Lou Elizondo said this as well. And, and this is, I think even last year he said this, or maybe it was a, a, a the year before that, but that it's probably something that if it is interdimensional or anything else, it's something that we've never even thought of before. Yes. And that's kind of where I lean towards. And before, you know, my narrative has changed immensely since I've been younger. I've gone through alien moments. I've gone through like, yeah, like, uh, is it again, like, you know, I still question if it is our own technology or yeah. again, if it's foreign adversaries, because that is something that's very possible. We've gone through multiple disinformation campaigns in, in the States, you know, earlier. So why can't they be happening presently? So my theory where I sit now is that if we're not going through some form of disinformation campaign that, or some, you know, any form of that, then it is something that we will probably not have even thought of. Like exactly. I just, 
I don't think we actually might even have the ability to cognitively understand it yet until our science catches up and one day it probably will. And we're really lucky because we have people like Avi Loeb and other scientists from Harvard, like looking at this seriously. So we might be alive, you know, we're probably going to be like 80, but, or maybe (laughs) I imagine, you know, or on my deathbed where, uh, you know, they're sending people into space and, you know, going on travel and tourism and we find out that, you know, what it actually is, you know, or we won't. So I'm, yeah. um, you know, whoop, geez, there goes my earphone. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I think that it's something that we're never going to ever, ever, you know, we, we, we don't know what it is yet. And I don't think yeah. we actually have the science yet to know. So yeah, there's so many people out there. They're like, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that, you know, it's hard. Um, yeah. cause people get invested emotionally in these because so many people, like when they have an experience, like it really does change people's life, even if they see like the tiniest dot in the sky doing some weird stuff and they know it's not a satellite, you know, um, it's it really like I remember my friend called me last year and she saw her first she had her first sighting and oh, wow. she had her little video of this little black thing like moving very erratically. And, you know, I was like, well, check the flight patterns. But I've been, you know, <laughs> a secret nerd for a long time and check this, check that. And she checks. She's like, it was real. Like it's a UFO. I just knew it. Oh my gosh. Like she was just like in awe. And, and I love hearing that from people when they discover this subject. And a lot of people are kind of like, oh, well, they're just on the bandwagon. Well, let them come on the bandwagon. We need, we need everybody to get on board. And if it changes somebody's life like that, like now she, she does, it's opened up so much for her. Like her mind is open so much. So I do love that aspect of this. And I think that everybody can kind of get on board with that is the expansion process that takes place in our minds. It breaks us out of our box when we see something that we cannot fathom. Like you said, like we don't know, we might not ever know. And uh, yeah. there's, it is interesting to look into all the, the theories, like, you know, the warp bubbles and stuff like that, but they all fall apart at some point. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. But I think, I think you're right. We have to start being open-minded, open-minded, like open, have an open mind and then be able to figure out or have some kind of sci-fi even comp that we might, because those things follow. We're not asking questions and trying to figure things out and looking outside the box. We're just going to keep doing the same thing. So I appreciate people just because people, I appreciate when people have different theories and are trying to prove their theories and show evidence to it or something around it or proof as much as they possibly can, because we need more people like that rather than people going with the status quo all the time. Yeah, I, I agree. Cause like we look back in history, every major scientific discovery was just like, nobody believed it until they showed it in math basically. So right. people, people didn't even believe germs exist. Yeah. They didn't even believe germs existed. Oh yeah. And yeah. They, I know. Yeah, and a lot of people died because exactly. of that. And yeah, I think it was Semmelweis so that was like, Hey guys, we should wash our hands because it was happening. A lot of women were dying in his hospital like way back in the day. And he's like, let's just wash our hands. And nobody wanted to do it. And all these women were dying because they were just like, dipping from one birth into the next and it was you could only imagine um how things were and he he implemented the hand washing once he got some power and and it changed the world like that keeps us healthy now just something simple like washing our hands so it's really crazy that little things people say end up coming into fruition in a very big way Mm -hmm. so uh lou elizondo recently mentioned a technology that would be available to the public eventually, an AI software that would be able to differentiate between, uh, you know, uh, a real UFO or UAP video versus a fake one. Do you think, um, and of course this is speculation, what sort of things do you think that this AI software is looking for? Do you think it's the five observables or do you think it's something with the way it moves? Like, this is something that's kept me up at night. So I want other people's opinions. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's lots of conversations of different technology that are coming out that we've been looking into in the debrief as well around UAP. So a lot of it, like even if we look at the Galileo project from Avi Loeb, a lot of it's going to be making sure that they're close, like for Galileo. And I assume that an AI software would be similar, would be looking at really, really high def images, close images of what they are and being able to analyze it. Also like it's propulsion systems, like yeah. how, you know, obviously how it's moving, how it does move, and then trying to get a better idea of what the craft's made out of. And then along with speed, like, I think it's, I think it's going to be all of that. And then big, 
having a better understanding if something is a UFO and what it is, what it is. Uh, and if it isn't a UFO, then being able to say that very quickly. And I think yes. that's going to be the benefit of an AI is that it's going to say this is unidentified and this isn't instead yeah. of us taking like, cause now we go to MUFON or a group of us and we're like, please identify this. Like yeah. somebody, everybody who is an expert in this area of study, take a look at it. And what do you think and break it down where AI will be able to do that instantaneously. And yeah. that will be, that will forever change the way that we probably look at UFOs and Absolutely. we'll probably be able to use this you know, these, these AI software at home. So then every yeah. individual will be able to use, um, a, will be able to track UFOs at home and be able to collect major big data for all of us. Is that a good thing? I don't know. Is that a bad thing? <laughs> We're all going to be out there. We'll every see, right, everybody's going to be at home app. being Never a UFO it. hunter. Right, everyone's going to be a UFO hunter tracking. Um, We're going to walk around with like a GoPro pointed up just in case. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be an app on their phone, you know, and and or just amazing. like software on their computer. <laughs> like that's where that's going is software on the computer. And it's yes. gonna, and people will be tracking their own um, their own UFOs in their own area. And then being able to maybe submit that data to their local cool. on or yeah, or their local representative that is tracking aerial phenomenon. And then we get a better idea. We also might find different shapes. Like who, who yeah. knows what we're going to find. When the average person starts doing it, we mm -hmm. might see um, way, way, well, traction's going to go up, I think, but instead of being outside of military bases, we're probably going to see it around a lot of like major city centers and, and other stuff, I would imagine just because we have more people watching things and watching. Things exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what, you know, um, that's going to be exciting to see with Galileo project and com mm -hmm. combination with this. And yeah. if they make like a public database, it's going to be like, our kids are going to be like, having so much information to play with and hopefully they oh, know more yeah. than us. I'm definitely yeah. not moving on when I die. I'm going to stay in haunts a little bit so I can like see all this happen, but that's what <laughs> um, I say. So like, I want to die in a, when I'm earlier in my seventies. I'm like, no, no, no. I want to go to like over a hundred yeah. more <laughs> just to see what happens. <laughs> like, I want to be the old crotchety woman in the, yeah. yes. You know, I don't care if I'm old. <laughs> exactly. And people, and if I'm still like talking about stories from like, you know, 2021, I don't care. I just want to be alive to hopefully see it. So. Exactly. It would be so amazing. Um, now we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about your interview with, uh, sorry, I'm going to mess up his name, Carl John Friston. Friston? I don't know how to say his last name. Yeah, Friston. Okay. Um, and he was talking about psychedelics and consciousness, which I love because I'm a big advocate of the study of psychedelics and psilocybin and just nice. the more you read about it, you see that there's more benefits. A lot of experimentation is going on, you know, or studies, I should say, on humans with um, PTSD, and it's shown like to help them so much. Um, so, what is your what is your views on the role of consciousness and the phenomena? Because so many people are having these experiences where they, you know, like the summoning, or they'll meditate and then they see something, or even kind of be going through like a a very like a pivot point in their life. And they see something in the sky and it just like it ignites something in them or it emotionally affects them. So what what is your view on the whole consciousness and UIP connection? I love the concept of consciousness and like everyone that talks about having experiences, but I find it really, really interesting. I've never had a, like a cosmic connection in that form um, or even just using psychedelics and to have a cosmic connection. I've never gone, I don't, I've never had that, but I think it's, I think it's interesting and I think it's worth evaluating. Um, so the couple things here is that, you know, we don't know if um, it's the drug or if someone's like, say, connecting into their pineal gland and they're using some form of psilocybin or ayahuasca or DMT. We have, we don't know. We're just watching this, this effect that happens to them after, but we know that it is, you know, coming from a pineal gland. We know that, and we know what the pineal gland consists of. So I think in that context, and again, I am not a scientist or a psychologist, um, but I find it interesting. And I think that there's parallels there. And I think we obviously need to study it more. And we are doing that, which is really, really great. Yeah. And I think that we might through that road, I think we're going to find a lot of other connections with 
it, not just UAP, other things that are related into consciousness. And we will understand that if it is a mechanism of ourselves doing it and it is our brain, or if it's something that is, um, that is, uh, that it's higher, higher spiritually, we don't know, but right. I'm, I'm on the road. I don't know how I feel if it's both, because again, like I, I don't know, but I'm observing no. it and watching it because I think that it's interesting. And I think there are connections to it. Um, I just, I can't wait to, again, we have our science that can say, this is what's happening. And I also think it's probably maybe connected into the experiencer role too, like abductions and things like that. Like yes. there is probably something in that all connected together, attached to consciousness, I should say, yes. um, that people feel like, because for them, an experiencer can say like, this is real to me. And and for them, that is real. And that is 100% valid. Like no one, I don't think anybody is allowed to tell an experiencer of any form that what they felt and what they experienced isn't real to them. But then what we'll be able to do is be able to find a better answer. And if it is something that's, you know, a little bit more uh, fringe, then we'll find out what that is. If not, then at least we'll be able in the next X amount of years with science to say like, hey, this is what you're actually going through. And this is a byproduct of your mind or or what happens. Yeah. We know more about the brain now. But right. I think we're on like we're in a, a really awesome time right now that we're probably going to figure out more about consciousness in the next 10 to 20 years than we'd ever imagine attached to psychedelics and the phenomenon yeah. and everything else. Yeah. It's yeah. a cool time for like science, really like science fiction that we would say that's turning yeah. more into science fact. And I think really that is. that's, yeah. And I'm glad that I'm part of this, uh, this time in life <laughs> going yes, through it. Not, maybe not like 50 years ago. First yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, so many people are kind of like getting so antsy right now and oh, this has happened before. Well, no, it hasn't. Like we've never seen something get passed in an act by Congress. Like that hasn't happened. Yeah that we yeah. know of, right? Maybe it snuck in there somehow, like the Donald Trump thing, but you know, which actually benefited the community. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Sorry, my I'm husband's like, uh, out of town. So he like texts me, he just got his phone back because he does like training and they take their phones. But yeah, so I just think that people really need to like kind of step out of their selves and look at the big picture. Like things are moving forward. We're not, and this has not happened in history. Like, yeah, maybe we got some, like you said, like you talked about like the, uh, the loop, what would you call it? Um, yeah, culture loop. loop. Yeah, the culture loops, definitely. Now that I know there's a word for it, that's very cool. Um, we've seen that, but we've never seen it get this serious. You know, we, they had the whole convention in San Marino with all these yeah. you know, people. And like you said, it's going to be the Geneva. It's possibly going to be the Geneva of UFOs and UIP. Sorry, I'm still calling you. <laughs> I alternate. No, it's okay. Make everyone happy. Each their own. And, you know? yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So... I just think that people should step back and kind of embrace what's happening. Um, and if you don't, if you're unhappy with something, then maybe you like step out of yourself for a minute and try to see it like, like, you know, the whole picture because everybody has their role and their opinion in it. And I just love that. And you know what you said right now about experiencers, that's kind of what made me like reach out to you because I've always been intimidated by women in the field because you're all so intelligent and just like, you have it together and I love watching the women work and the men are exciting too, but you know, like I just love seeing there's not as many women working as men and the women that are working are very phenomenal at what they do. So when you had mentioned, and I don't even remember where I saw it, I think I saw a clip of you talking about um, experiencers and how, what you just said, like you should, everybody should, nobody should be discredited and there should be like a space for everybody. And that's when I saw um, the altruism in you. So you, you've got your, you've got an amazing brain, you've got a beautiful heart. And Aww. that's why I approached you because I was like, oh, she's like, she's badass, but she's approachable Aww, because she's got this big heart. So, um, and I didn't even realize you were my first interview because I've been doing stuff on YouTube, but not interviews until like the day before yesterday. I was like, this is my first interview. <laughs> what am I, doing? Am I, I appreciate that. <laughs> that's amazing. Thank you for having me as your first interview. Yeah, but I, I love just, how you I, have such a, you know, you really do, you do look at the big picture and you look at everybody's experience, I think, and you're willing to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. So I really love that about you and your work. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, I that. Think, um, so we just had, you know, the FY 2020, 2022 budget passed saying that they're going to require like annual reports and happening. Okay. And this is kind of something that's like, like there's going to be an actual committee, whereas, you know, the task force was sort of temporary. How do you feel about that? Like it's, I'm super excited about that. 
Yeah, I, oh yeah, I think it's great. I think that we're gonna have, I think it's gonna evolve in many ways. Like if we have the Geneva of UFOs, we will have people like groups like ICER and other groups coming together, working with the United Nations. And who knows if that all rolls into one ball, it could be a, an office and it, it, it could be its own thing. And I think that's fantastic. And I also think that a lot of us that are in this community, might have a little bit more of a say than we've ever had before. Like this is the first time when I say this to people on Twitter too and, and, and everywhere, I'm like, this is the first time that, that I know of that the average civilian that is interested in this subject actually has a voice and is actually driving the narrative. Like we are driving the narrative just as much as any political leader or anybody else like Lou Elizondo, like all of us have way more of a voice and um and an ability to make change than anybody's ever had before so i think we have to be mindful of that and as that as that whole process grows and that committee grows there could be people that are in this community that are on on ufo twitter right now or doing interviews that could be really crucial to it and part of it so it's it's fun like again like this is the first time it's ever happened yes. like i really i would i would die to go to a United Nations meeting and talk about UFOs and exopolitics. Like, like yeah, I, it's just I nuts. It's I nuts, know. Really. I, I would even just, even just being in the room covering it as media, I would be grateful yes. just because like it, that would never, it's never happened before. And it's, no. and it's people, it's all these people, it's every single person that is like doing this in media, you know, lobbying, um, like doing shows, Twitter, c contributing, like research, like everyone is doing their part so that in the next like 30, 40 years when I'm so much older and all of us are older, the whole new generation is going to have so much more yeah, information yeah. and ability to connect and to keep doing research than we even have now. And I think that's cool because like, look at everybody, like we can do all these shows and like, and talk to each other around the world. Like, exactly. I don't know many people, you know, obviously like 50 years ago, you weren't getting people no. talking <laughs> around the world. Like I've been on a UFO meeting once and there was 40 people from around the world. And I just I mean, like, I know I was like, what, this is insane. Yeah. I'm like all from different countries, all looking to figure out and work together. And I just think that there's some, Oh, we lost audio a little bit. Lost the audio. I don't know what happened. I'm sorry. There we go. Technology. There it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with all that. It's very, very cool. Um, what? And it's it's history. It's really history. Like, I'm super excited about it. And I'm excited for all the people um, that kind of have answers now. Like, I, I know it's not completely answer, like, what happened, you know, with experiencers. And experiencers that have the adverse, um, you know, things happening in their life, like, well, she's crazy. She thinks she got abducted. And, you know, like the people bring that up or it ruins people's careers. People give up their lives, their lifestyles to cover this. So it's definitely historic. And I think it's also vindicating for people that kind of have kind of, you know, been thought of as like crazy before or like, you know, tinfoil hat or whatever. So, yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. And look at people like UAPX, like Gary and, and the whole group of them, you know, they're creating stuff. They've had something that's happened to them and now they've created something where they can research UFOs more and, and have a better understanding. Like, I think that that, that speaks volumes and anybody who's had an experience like that until somebody else doesn't mean that you can't have empathy. And I think that that's the most important thing is being open-minded of empathy and listening to the story and not judging and just letting them letting them explain what they've experienced, but then also people working together to find solutions, which I think is, is cool. I don't know any other community that, that, no. that does this except for ours. Yeah, the, just like the big phone home, that was like you said, people all over the world. Um, yeah. And it gives people somebody to talk to about the subject. Cause not, I mean, like it's in the news, it's in mainstream news in, and it's kind of died out a little bit, you know, people like there's no, most people don't have people to talk to about this. like in no. everyday life. Like I always joke about being on the playground with my kids and like being the weird UFO mom playing crop circle tones. Like <laughs> want to be my friend, 
do you think that there's UFOs? Like, you know, like how do you even like make an icebreaker like that? Um, so it's it's one of those things where us having this technology and be able being able to create different things to kind of find our own answers and start our own conversations is truly amazing. Yeah. Um, I did have one more question and it kind of revolves around information being leaked with it, you know, kind of controversial things that maybe not have been ver verified. And from a communication standpoint, how does like, how does an information release like even like a legitimate one, like how does that play into the whole phenomena of like disclosure? It just depends on how you're looking at communications with disclosure. Like my side, because I'm, I work in public relations and I work with media, it's really important to me, like working with people like the debrief and then being able to see the other stories to media or talk to media about what we're doing and looking at like, you know, I'm part of an, an amazing team that are investigative journalists. I'm not an investigative journalist like that. I'm, I'm growing in my own craft and they're giving me that ability to do that. But these men are like, are amazing and they're really good at what they do. And I, and I'm so fortunate that I get to learn from them. Uh, but they're also giving me the ability to help communicate something that is a phenomenon to journalists that have been, you know, they have to do back information for 70 years. Like that's, that's a lot crazy. of work. It it's is. too much work to do a segment. So they rely on people like us or people like, you know, Tim McMillan and MJ Benias and, um, and, uh, uh, sorry, my gosh, Micah Hanks, uh, they rely on us and rely on them. And I would say doing good investigative and proper journalism so that I can communicate that message forward. And once that happens, that changes the line. So like people like myself and Victor Vigiani, and there will be way more PR people in this community as we go along that will be able to condense information for people and for media to make it manageable, understandable, and then getting the right story out, less, less conspiracy, more facts. Yeah. Um, along with working then with scientists in the same vein to be able to say, hey, you're working on this project that, and you, the science community sometimes has troubles communicating uh, in layman's terms what they're doing. So if it comes to UFOs in, or any form of UAP, myself and other PR people are there to help scientists talk to the general public and media or just people in general that media that need to know more and be able to condense it so that it's um, it's easier and it's quicker to disseminate. So we're not, again, stuck with conspiracy theories. We're sitting with facts. Yes. That, that's really interesting because you mentioned it earlier when we were kind of talking about the questions and stuff. And I was like, I never thought about that. Like, how does basically how do you do that? Like, it's just you get all this information. And like you said, so it's an interesting side of it that nobody really talks about. So um, thank you for answering that. That was kind of the last question. Are you open to taking any questions from people in the chat? Yeah, yeah, 100 percent. Is my audio still OK for you guys? None of it's, it's OK. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I'm always afraid, but no, it's, I'm always afraid mine's going to cut out. My earbuds, it went out. I'm like, I, I'm like, apparently like technology is just going down today for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, everybody's having some sort of issue. So I saw a question earlier and I can't find it now. Um, and somebody asked about, oh, there we go. Oh, it's Christian. Uh, he asked uh, if you knew the top three Canadian UFO cases. Oh, well, Falcon is one of them for sure, I would say. And there's this Montreal uh, incident that I actually don't know a lot about. And I there's a and I just sent this to uh, a group of friends on uh, an Instagram chat. There's a commemorative coin that has just come out and you can get it in the Canadian Mint and it has the oh, UFO wow. Montreal incident. And I was like, hold on. I'm like, there's a Montreal UFO incident. I just That's found crazy. out yesterday about it. So I'm literally after this live stream, I'm going to go buy the coin. So, cause I, I, I've, I've always, I want one. And the other two UFO incidences that have happened that are on commemorative coins, I, I can't be able to get it. But, um, yeah, anyway, long story short, there are, there are, and, and the, apparently there's a new Montreal one that I do not know That's of. Cool. So, um, so I'm going to go buy that coin. And if anybody That's else, please there's buy a coin. It, apparently it's 92% sold out. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I feel like I need to go get it, even though I'm not Canadian, but I was just joking earlier. Cause I was like, uh, Neil posted something with some like Canada, 
song on his story about like you know tonight and i was like i didn't even know what it was i just reposted it. i'm like oh it's all about canada i was like how am i meeting all these cool canadians i don't think i've ever met so many other than like driving through canada to get to alaska so that is very cool oh, nice you've been to alaska that's awesome yeah i lived there for three years and i kind of i like had some like orb experiences but i was so i was studying molecular biology i had an internship with the alaska oh, state wow. you know yes you know their college out there um fairbanks University of Fairbanks, so University of Alaska Fairbanks. There we go, tongue twisted. But yeah, so I was like, and I did, um, I did a lot of PCR and gene libraries, which is like a day long thing. So I knew about all these hot spots there, but Alaska is very big. So when you're trying trying to get to like you know the Alaska Triangle or you know what, right. these hot spots that everybody knows about in Alaska, it's it's not like a, it's not like a day trip. So um, and then you have to take into account like the day that the time the timing in the year. Like, is there going to be ice there if you go north? Is there even going to be gas stations? Like, it's so hard to travel in Alaska. <laughs> you have to really plan it. I'd love to go to Alaska. I've never even, I would, I want to go to the Northwest Territories. That's close enough to Alaska. I haven't been that far out. Um, it's beautiful. I would, I would. British Columbia and Yukon Territory. Yeah, that's the, the, the farthest I've been is like our East Coast. Um, okay. I've been out to, yeah, to PEI and then I've been to Alberta. Um, and then I've also been to British Columbia. But oh, that's British Columbia's um, gorgeous. Yeah, it's, it's, I love, I always say, I'm like, I'm like, if my industry was in British Columbia, I'm like, I'd be there in a heart. You'd be there. Oh, it's yeah. beautiful. Like, it's so, it's also like the stuff that I love. Like, I like being outdoors and, oh, yeah. You know, and I, like, I kayak and, well, it's like oh, typical, yeah. typical Canadian. Yeah. You know, it's I do so like, I enjoy outdoor activities. We only just get them so much, though, right? Because, yeah. It's winter soon. Mm. Yeah. We ditched the car. Like, our car went into a ditch in British Columbia. Oh. And it took like, and it was kind of like in the middle of British Columbia. Like there was a campground we were going to because we camped for like our honeymoon was traveling um, and camping from Arizona to Alaska. We only stayed in a hotel twice. So we did a lot of camping at these beautiful campgrounds and hikes. You know, it was it was just like the perfect like I love stuff like that. And British Columbia was just like eye candy everywhere. Like there was these like almost like turquoise lakes and just the trees are so big and beautiful and we ditched the car because it was raining and there was not a shoulder my husband thought there was a shoulder so uh we ended up at this campground and i keep joking like if this happened like in some of the states like people would just drive by but i swear like everybody stopped to check on us yeah. and like they like helped us you know back to the campground so we didn't have to walk in the rain and people like fed us and brought us like hot cocoa while we were waiting for our car to get delivered by the tow truck. So um, I have like kind of like a stressful memory about British Columbia, but then like the beauty of it and how like awesome people were. Yes. And we met this awesome like German couple. They had like a baby. They were traveling the United States and, and Canada. Oh, yeah. So I was just like, that was a cool experience. It was like one of those experiences where you're like, why is this happening? And then it actually turned out kind of like um, you, you kind of get your faith in humanity restored. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with that too. I'm like, and it's also, I, I'm just happy to hear that Canadians were nice when you were out there. It's good to know. Yes. <laughs> so I don't see very many other, I didn't see any other questions and those are all the questions that I have. Do you have, oh, here we go. Um, this one is from Neil and it says, does Chrissy believe the RCMP retrieved a crap off a Canadian lake in Winnipeg? Yeah, that's, um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm not, I know that's funny. Cause that's like our like area 51 kind of, kind of, yeah. So I, again, I don't know. Um, I would like to, that's also on our, one of our commemorative coins as well too. Um, oh, nice. so, yeah. Uh, one of the crashes it's, there's a lot of, I, I don't know. I don't know. I want to say I would hope so. <laughs> and if I we feel do, like there's the us that wants to believe all this stuff, and then there's exactly us Canadians, you know, like, especially Canadian government, is so conservative with UFOs, and that's something that myself and I think some other people are here that I know within the UFO community are uh, pushing towards Canadian government to get a little bit more active in this. And the question is why. Um, and the questions are, you know, what else do they know and what else do we know? Why is everybody else being a little bit more um, open to having these conversations and we're not? So I think at one point, yes, I will. Um, we're, I'm, I'm on it. Let's just say. <laughs> 
I'm on it. So I'm learning as much as we go and, and talking too. So I'm hoping that politically in the next couple, in the next year or two, with the people within this UFO community in Canada, we'll start putting a little bit pressure on our government as well. So we're just, yeah, Canadians are so conservative. Just, <laughs> are they real? I, I don't I guess I don't think are. about it, you know? <laughs> we are. I, and I'm going to consume myself on that because I'm not as conservative as, as the average Canadian, I would say. Um, yeah, you seem very I'm outgoing okay and open-minded. <laughs> I'm also okay asking questions and grilling and trying to get I guess the Canadians I'm meeting are in the UAP community. So that's like my view. I'm like, oh, all Canadians. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. That'd be horrible. But, um, but in general, they, they most people are like, ah. Uh, like they follow a lot of status quo here. Uh, yeah. You know, Americans are really great at being vocal and active and, and changing and supporting for change. Canadians are a little bit more passive and can be passive aggressive. And I know any Canadian watches is probably just booty, <laughs> but it's the truth. And <laughs> we are. So I just hope that, yeah, our community, I think we, there's only so many of us too, um, but it's growing in Canada. And I think that in the next year or two, for sure, we'll have way more conversations about UFO within the government and what's actually happened out here. Yeah, in different yeah. cases. And a lot of it could be like how it's happening here, like kind of the, the old bloods moving out and the, the new bloods coming in, the younger guys are coming into um, you know yeah. positions as the other ones move out. So I think that that kind of maybe will happen and they'll have fresh eyes on what's going on and hopefully like ideas. Well, and also the beauty of Americans and having American media and politics putting a heavy spotlight on mm -hmm. UFOs makes our media and our government start asking questions as well and along with the people. So the more that this happens across the border, the more that people in Canada are going to go, hey, 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 like, why aren't you talking about this? Yes, too? Yes. We need to start having a say in this. And Absolutely. also just releasing more of our cases and being a little bit more frank with it. Um, yeah, I think everybody our, wants more cases. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that's a that's an interesting take on it. I think it'll be hopefully a ripple effect. And this is like one of the times where my country has done something and I've been like, go America. Because sometimes we do stuff yeah. or we get like presidents or people in politics. And I'm like, I'm going to apologize on behalf of all the American public. You know, like I feel like guilty, even though I didn't do anything. So yeah, um, yeah I'm just I'm happy that we finally did something that is helping the world, I think. Yeah. Um, but with that, instead of pissing everybody off, we have I, a question from Lou. When are we going to see the photo of Chrissy that Chrissy's dad took? I love you. <laughs> I was laughing when I saw that. <laughs> I know my dad has, people are like, my dad has it in a safe. And I, when I was at the house recently, I asked him, I was like, I need the photo dad. It's <laughs> like, and to be honest, I want to print it. I have, um, a Billy Meyer photo on my wall that's everyone oh. considers one of the fake photos. But yeah. I got it at the Arizona convention, the UFO Congress, because nice. I really liked, the, I just liked the photo. So yeah, it's so iconic. Like you have to have that somewhere in your house. <laughs> right. right, it's in my kitchen. And so oh, <laughs> it's nice. like my kitchen that. living room, yeah. Um, and I should put it back here, but I, uh, I, I like it out there. Uh, anyway, and so that, that, that photo I want to actually replace. And I told my dad, I was like, I want your photo because it, and I want to blow it up and put it as a picture, but I also would love to show other people. He, my dad's a little bit hesitant to talk about his story, which I'm trying to talk to him a little bit more about being open, but he's like, I don't, you, you can talk about it, but I don't want other people to know who I am. And, and he's modest that way and, and that's okay. But I do think his story is, you know, is unbelievable. My, my dad, you know, he, he, he literally had communication with a UFO with a group of people. So he flat, did they flash their car lights at it and the thing flashed back, you know, like it's, it's an, an unbelievable story and he's not the only person that was there. I believe there was five of them. Like it's, you know, he was 18 at the time. So every time I talked to him a little bit more about the story, I actually, I always, because I, he just told me so many times that I've forgotten things, not my story. Right. So I want him to tell it. And I you hope have to, you have to have him like, even if you don't release it, like for yourself, like dad, tell me the story and record it, you know? Um, yeah. And, you I have it. yeah. and I want him, I want him to do it in a time. I, I want him to, when he wants to do it and he says yes yeah. to it, then, um, then I'll, then I will, a hundred percent push it forward because I, I'd love to tell for him to tell it on camera. Um, that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. He sounds like an amazing, cool guy. Like I just loved when you were talking about him on, um, on Vinny's channel because you were just so 
I don't know. I like to get to know people. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not like the interviewer that wants to interview all these big names. I want to interview the interviewer because I love hearing people's story. I love hearing people's love stories. I love hearing like, I just like list. I just love people. So I want to hear what people have to say and I want to know how they got to where they are and like what inspires them. So it's kind of a weird thing. Maybe I'm just nosy, but <laughs> no, I, I agree too. I think I agree. I think everyone in this community motivation and why people are here is one yeah. of the most, to me is one of the outside of the incident. It's, it's I would say it's even parallel their incident in what motivates them to be here and to do this stuff and work together and, like, I think that's fascinating. Like, I would love to go on the road and meet a whole bunch of people from UFO Twitter and just be like, hey, like, hey, let's geek out. Um, because yeah. I like to talk, I obviously like to talk about it, but also like, why, like, why, why do you, why do you do this? Like, why do all of us do this? Like, it's, it's, um, yeah. yeah. I think we all question that ourselves. Cause I'll be here. Like, yeah. I just start asking people to come on the channel and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I have like, something I'm doing because like, before like last year I had a business where I taught metaphysical concepts with my friend and we taught like meditation we sold medication kit tit oh my god I can't talk kits <laughs> not meditation tits <laughs> so um and we taught about chakras and meditation I did like a fun class on UFOs and star seeds and you know awesome. spirit communication so all the you know all the paranormal weird stuff so I feel like I've been kind of that was kind of like my prep to like talk to people because I really don't get nervous um, when I'm talking to people. I think like I kind of blow it up for like a minute in my head and then I like let it guy. But <laughs> but yeah, I just think that, you know, this is kind of like something I'm just doing for fun. And like a lot of people have hobbies. Like maybe this is yeah. I wouldn't call it a hobby, though, because I really care about it. Like I had my first sighting when I was five and I've had I'm a multiple yeah. experiencer. So to me, like I've always wanted to talk about this and I didn't find UFO, you know, the UFO community until like, like maybe like, I want to say like maybe March, I want to say March when I discovered like, you know, I found Vinny's page and then, then everything else just started happening. And I realized I can talk about my experiences. I can talk about this weird stuff, you know, without, with, without people kind of blowing it off for like, or, Oh, I believe you believe that, you know what I mean? Like people actually give you a space um, to, yeah. to like present like how you feel or what you've experienced or what you've learned about the subject. And it's like so many different types of people. Like I bet you, like you said, you know, like you probably never saw yourself doing this, talking about these subjects on your own forum, you know? And then we have people like Lou, like Lou Angeles was like, he was like, you know, what a comedian and actor. And now he, he made the, yeah. the big phone home. Yeah. Like people are just so passionate about this. So that you're right. I love hearing how people, kind of got sparked their passions in this. Yeah. And I, it's, it's a people working together and it's just, it really, as I always say, it's a great community. We don't always all agree all the time, but that's okay. You know, there's, there's, that's a, it's fine. But I do think that people have really, we have really great stories and everybody has their own motivations and their own reasons to do things. And for me, like this, the progression, it just, I'm happy where it is now for sure. Um, you know, sometimes I'm just like, oh man, it's like, it's so forward, but I'm like, you know what, that's who I am. And I'm, and it makes me happy and that's what matters. And I'm, you know, I'm lucky to be part of the debrief and, and meet wonderful people and like enjoy and enjoy my life and be happy while doing yeah. this. I think that's really great. Um, and I found something for sure that I can combine my work with my passion. Um, yeah, amazing. When I started it for sure. It was just like, the, it was UFOs. And then, uh, with my dad and I just watching TV, reading books, him showing me, you know, giving me information, me reading stuff with him. And then, uh, and then it turned into going into conventions, you know? And then like, then it was like, now I'm like, I want to go on a crop circle tour. Like, I want to like, I want to <laughs> like, you know, he's got, like, yeah. you know, it was, it was, and I think that that, that part for me is, um, like, I love that. Even if I wasn't doing this, I'd still go do that. Um, because I just enjoy it. And I, when I walked into the first convention, I said to my dad, it was like, these are our people. Yeah, <laughs> he just looked at me and laughed. And I was like, yeah, but I just, I just think it's a, you know, it's, it's a wonderful space and everybody should be part of a community. You know, we have a beautiful counterculture that is moving into something that's mainstream and, and opening up people's minds and getting people to work together. And it's also connecting people around the world. Like, again, like I just, so things. <laughs> I've never talked to so many people from so many different countries than oh, yeah. I have in the UFO world. And yeah, like, I will never give that up. If, 
if I could, you know, I will, I would never give that up because meeting people around the world to me is, is really important, even outside of UFOs. I just think it's cool that we have that ability to do that. So, yes, absolutely. And we, we can't take that for granted. Like you're like, yeah. I, it's crazy. Like you, when you see the Instagram lives and stuff, you're like, this person's in England and I'm here yeah. and I'm yeah. talking to you. It's like, it's nuts. Also, uh, Vinny says crop circle mission to the UK, Chris. Chrissy. Yes, yes, a hundred. So does everybody want to meet there um, and do some crop circle stuff and meet yeah. in person? Vinny, you need to have Gary on your show. I gotta get you. I gotta introduce you to Gary. He's lovely. He's in Mexico right now, working with Jaime, uh, doing his TV show that's out there. But yeah, Gary is Gary was the the person that took me on like a four day crop circle uh, expedition. I would call it. <laughs> That's awesome. I got a nap in the crop circle. I was like, yeah, that. I did a nap in the crop circle. He just did it, but now it's on my bucket list. We were just documenting so much stuff for so long. So I took like a cat nap in there. But uh, yeah, it was just honestly, yeah, I love the UK, Vinny. I'm, I, go, I go a lot just to see friends. So I'm 100% down. So even mm -hmm. like when I was watching like Luis, I met with him when I was in California. It was just, I met so many people when I'm traveling. I always, now that I can, I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm, how am I not going to hang out with somebody in the UFO community? If I go to a city that somebody lives in, you know, it'd just be, and I'd rather do that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. We all have to meet somewhere. Like we have to go to some big convention and just everybody from the community just go and meet there. Because I think that it's, I don't know. It's different. You know what I mean? Like you want to, like you have so much, I always joke that like all these people I have a common with are like all over the world now. Yeah. Like uh, Johnny often, I'm like, I just want to hang out with you. Like I want to have these conversations around a campfire with like beer and wine. Like I want to sit around a campfire with everybody yeah. and just talk. Those are like, that's when the best conversations happen anyways. But you know, yeah, I think it would be great to meet everybody in person. So yeah. And that's how people become friends. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Like it's, you realize you're like, you meet so many lifelong friends, you know, going yeah. through that or even Not creating really stuff like Marie. Yeah. Like Marie with my podcast, when we started, like she's one of my best friends and I knew of Marie because she worked in digital marketing and I was actually friends with one of her friends and her and I just went out and hung out one night and became like Insta friends. That's closer. awesome. And now I'm like, I would never give up doing art with a friend. Like it's, yeah, it's she seems of, very cool. She, she seems is. like she's a very she's cool amazing. person. Yeah, she's good heart, good person, and like super open minded. And also, like, again, doing art with your friends is just awesome. Yeah, just, yeah, for sure. Cool. My friend last year that I had the business with, she's more, she's going to be on later. Actually, she's one of the mediums that's going to be on my ladies' night at eight thirty. Oh, nice. Um, okay. She she's a medium, and we never met. We met on some like community, some like moon sisterhood community, <laughs> and you know we're both witches. So like we kind of like like I think she posted like some tarot stuff. And I was in Alaska and she was in California. I was like, oh my God, it looks so sunny there. And it was kind of the end of winter where I'm waiting for like the sun to come back in Alaska and you get a little stir crazy. I was like, oh my God, it looks so nice there and sunny. And then we just started talking like in that feed and then it went to the you know DMs and then we exchanged numbers. And years later, she's like, we should start a business together. And you know, we kind of, I think that was kind of like our primer to kind of like get our confidence to, to move on to our specialties or things that we're really passionate about. Like the UFO thing for me, like me and my grandma used to nerd out over it. And then, you know, her, she's a criminology major. So but she's also a medium. So it's like, oh. we had the thing together and we kind of veered off and it was confusing at first, but then now like I see it, like the big picture comes through. Like we were supposed to start together and then grow apart in a good way. So yeah. I, and we, but we never met in person until last year. Um, we, we finally met in person and we did this like haunted house, uh, like a legit, legitimate haunted plantation thing. So cool. that was super cool to do with her. And we did like our photo shoot, but yeah, and we never met and people always thought that was weird. They're like, you're trusting this person with your money. And you know, you guys started this business together, but you've never seen her or met her. I was like, well, we FaceTime a lot. <laughs> like, this is the new reality. You know, like if people can meet on like a, yeah. a app and hook up, I can meet a friend. This is like a yeah. pen pal, like it's a pen pal thing. Like from way, way, way back in the day. I don't know if anybody knows about those anymore, but you know, it's, it's no yeah. different. I agree. It's no different at all. There's tons of people that work together that have never met each other and are doing shows together and making money and, and doing tons of things. Like I, you know, gamers have done it for years. Oh yeah, like, definitely do it. You know, like I agree. And I just, to me, I know like everyone I've ever met 
in the UFO community that I've met in real life now. I'm just like, it's, I've just, they've stayed a friend or I've just been close. And, and to me, like, I just, I don't know. I also liked, I want to meet them in real life. It's important to me. Um, to people in real life. I'm like, but I feel like I would hug everybody, even though I never met them. Like, yeah. I'm not well, really when, 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 yeah. Like when we all. Oh, we lost our audio again. Oh man. There we go. It keeps muting itself. Yeah. That's so crazy. This technology. Yeah. But, well, yes. Um, so we're kind of like a little bit over the hour. Do you want to tell people you have any closing thoughts? Wait, did it mute you again? <laughs> Stream you are, I man. can't hear you. Hold on. You can't hear me now? Ah. <laughs> uh, can you hear me now? to quit on me. Hold on. All right. Well, maybe it's our uh, time. So you can find, I think that we should probably, um, let's try. Can you hear now? No? Okay. <laughs> well, we'll close it up then. Um, yes. Thank you everybody for joining. You can find Chrissy as Ms. Vocab on Twitter and on Instagram, and you can find her podcast, All Pop Repeat, on every platform. So thank you so much for Chrissy. Thanks for everybody watching, and hopefully we get to talk. There we soon. go. Oh, now you're back. Okay. <laughs> Well, do you want to, do you have any yes, closing awesome. thoughts? Sorry, it's back. I know. Finally, I finally hear you. Oh, it's so weird. It's, back, it's, it's, yes, it's weird sometimes like... on StreamYard. Well, um, I will be yeah, having UIP Ladies Night later with Artemis and some other, um, I have two mediums coming on. We're going to kick up October with some paranormal stuff. So I think it'll be fun to talk, you know, spirit realm. It's, it's that time of year. We need to talk about it because people are probably seeing ghosts everywhere and they don't know why. Um, but it's the time of year for that. So thank you again, Chrissy, for coming on. Do you have any closing things you want to say? No, just thanks for having me. And it's just nice to, to be one of your first guests. And I'm just glad we got time to chat too. Thank you so much, everybody. And I will see everybody hopefully in a few hours. All right. Okay. Bye. Thanks for watching. <laughs>